is Financially Fit with Coach Hill, the podcast dedicated to helping you master your finances by coaching you to train your money like a pro athlete trains for success. I'm Coach Hill, your go-to finance expert and money coach to the NFL. After a decade of coaching elite athletes, executives, and people all across the U.S. in different professions, I founded Financial Footwork to help you take control of your money, achieve your financial goals, and live the lifestyle you want with the money you've got. I interview people from all walks of life, from corporate America to manufacturing jobs, entrepreneurs to entertainers, athletes, and more. And today, my guest does not disappoint. Let me give you guys a little background on my next guest. He's an entrepreneur, investor, two-time Wall Street Journal bestselling author, philanthropist, and the nation's top continual peak performance coach. He's internationally known, selected by USA Today as one of the top five mindset and performance coaches in the world. And I had the pleasure of meeting this gentleman in 2018, working with our very dear friend, Caleb Thornhill. All the shout out to Caleb Thornhill. Um, it was there that I learned just how powerful this man's message is and how everyone can use it to feel success in every aspect of their lives, including financially, because you know, we like to stay financially fit. I would like to introduce all of you to my dear friend, someone I consider one of the top mentors for myself and my friends, meet Ben Newman. Well, Hillary, I was going to say, you better get that friend stuff in there by the end of that bio, because you read everything that you want everybody to hear. But what a friendship we have established, and it has been so fun staying connected since Caleb, the great connector of human beings, connected us down in Miami. And I appreciate everything about you, how you show up, and so excited to be with you and your listeners. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And you know, I'm, I, I love your story. I'm excited for you to share your journey because I think you embody what it means to strive for success every day. I've been to one of your boot camps. I've worked with the people you work with. We have an amazing friendship. I know I can text you when I need something, but there's this value add that you bring as one of the top mindset coaches in the world that drives your success personally and professionally. And I want to cover that. I want to go into it. So I want to start with your burn because you talk about this every day. Your podcast, The Burn Podcast, which everyone needs to go watch, is amazing. But I want you to tell everybody what it is and how it impacts you both personally and professionally. Well, I also encourage people to go and listen to The Burn, to the episode that you and I did together, because you're a great example of how important The Burn is. And, you know, you and I are united through our burns, having lost our mothers and fighting that much harder to continue their stories. And, you know, even your relationship with your father and the way that you always communicate. I mean, there's this extra burn, the way that you travel and connect. And that's what the burn is. It's that underlying fire that lies inside of an individual. And whether you listen to Hillary's episode, another episode, or you learn more about my story, I believe, having done this for over 18 years, that why and purpose is not enough. Now, I want to be clear on this. I'm not saying why and purpose don't matter. They're so important. But I believe that the highest performers I found in working with some of them in sports and in business, that there's an underlying burn that actually ignites why and purpose that causes you to be disciplined on the days you don't want to do it, and especially after you win. And I know we'll get into it, but it shows up in many different forms whether it's challenge and adversity like you and I have been through that gives you perspective that you will not waste a day. Maybe it's somebody who's made great sacrifice for you and you wake up every day and say, I cannot waste that sacrifice. Or maybe you're sacrificing for somebody and you say, these little eyes are watching me in my home and I, I, I can't waste a day. They're watching. Or for many individuals, 
And Hillary, you and I, through our work in the NFL, have seen seen and met so many of these individuals who were told, this isn't for you. You're not big enough. You're not strong enough. And so a lot of people have what I call this just watch me mentality, where somebody tells you you can't do something, and then you go prove that you can. So the burn shows up in many forms, but I've really found that to be the secret and the difference of the highest performers. And let's talk about yours, where yours comes from, because I think the fact that you identified it at such a young age, which I'd love for you to go into, and how it has transformed your life as a young man, eight years old, to the the incredible entrepreneur, writer, person that you are today, what sparked the burn? I know it's our shared parents, but I'd love for you to go into what happened with your mom and why you found it. Well, my, my parents were divorced when I was six months old, so I never knew my parents together. A handful of years later, my mother was diagnosed with a rare muscle disease called amyloidosis. And every single one of us, Hillary, you, me, every one of your listeners, we all have amyloids in our muscles. If you have an excess of amyloids, you would have a disease called amyloidosis. At the time of my mother's diagnosis, there were two hospitals in the United States treating the, the disease. My mom had the opportunity to go to Boston to meet with one of the two foremost leading experts in the world. Her name was Dr. Martha Skinner. Dr. Skinner tells my mom, you're only the second woman under 40 years old we've ever seen or heard of having the disease, and they gave her two to four years to live. With that, my mother goes and unleashes her positive mental attitude onto the world in an old blue notebook, maybe like you used to have in school, maybe yours was another color. And she would write, beat the statistics, beat the odds, live with a disease that is chronic and fatal, believe in yourself, combat anything, purpose in life. And it was that mindset of my mom that caused her, even when we had 24-hour nursing care in our house, she'd come to the dinner table with an IV stand. Sometimes it took one nurse, sometimes it took two. But she'd get to the head of that dining room table and she'd look me dead square in the eyes every night and ask me how my day was at school. And even though my mother passed away 11 days before my eighth birthday, and even though there were nights where I had to climb under her IV wires to tuck her in 11 days before my eighth birthday, my mother is the greatest champion of life I have ever known. She taught me how to fight. She taught me how to have passion. She taught me how to have conviction. And she left me with a profound lesson. It's not how long you live. It's how you choose to live your life. And for me, that burn comes from my mother passing away at 38, me now being a 45-year-old man, which means I've been given seven extra years that my mother never got. So I will not waste a day. And so there's this burn inside of me to continue to carry on her story, to ignite passion in others through her fire that lied inside of her. And when I think of that, there's no hitting the snooze button. There's no skipping my workouts. There's no wasting my days. My days aren't perfect. I go through challenge and adversity. It's why I still have two coaches and I read books every day and I have great mentors because I'm high maintenance. But the, but the reality is I'm going to embrace every day. And I know for you listening, when you identify that burn, and maybe you already have, you just never heard it articulated this way. You know what I'm talking about. It's when you lock in on it, there's just no wasting opportunity. Like you said, no wasted days. It's one of the things that I really took from our boot camp we did together was how to structure a day, how to take what performance development in sports looks like 
and apply it to the individual in business, in work, in life, in your interpersonal relationships. And you created something to help people harness this called the Mental Toughness Playbook so that everyone, not just athletes, can learn how to drive that performance, that routine, and find their burn, even if they haven't identified it yet, there's steps they can take to really become a top performer that isn't as hard as people think. Um, so let's talk, what is the Mental Toughness Playbook that you created and how can people use it? What, what, is, what are the steps? What are the things? Well, first off, I, I love that you mentioned that it's not just for sports because a lot of people don't realize they see your backdrop, they see my backdrop. Both of us started in the corporate world and it was the blessing of relationships and right timing and right opportunity that brought us both into the world of sports. But just like you, I started in the corporate world. I didn't do, my first speaking engagement was 2006. I didn't do anything in sports until 2011 when my high school basketball coach said, Benny boy, will you come and fire up this basketball team? My high school basketball team. And I didn't start with the Dolphins. I didn't start with my work with Alabama and Coach Saban. It started with my high school basketball team. And we developed, when I started doing coaching work in 2008, these mental training tools. And there's six core tools, which then became your mental toughness playbook. And that's the framework and the infrastructure and the foundation that allows people tap into their mental toughness, to tap into their discipline, to drive a different level of accountability, and to really scrutinize the, the steps and behaviors that have already made you successful. Every single person listening, we could literally have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I could say, tell me about the period of time when you were driving your highest level of success. And there was a standard that you had created during that period of time. And a lot of people, Hillary, we know this from our work, they get disconnected from the habits and the standards, whether it's their money, whether it's their nutrition, whether it's their working out. And when things are going good, we stop doing the things that caused us to do well. That's why you can't do Hillary's programs for a couple of days. You have to commit for a lifetime. Mental toughness isn't something you just commit for a couple of weeks to see if you can get hot in business. It's committing for a lifetime. And so I wanted to give a gift because of how special our relationship is. The, the book has been downloaded or sold over a million times. And all of your listeners, I want to give it for free at a link. It's freeplaybook.net. So rather than your listeners having to buy it. And I just did this for, it was so cool when you reached out to me about the high school wrestling team. You're like, I want to buy copies. I'm like, no, we're going to give it to the students. And it's the same. I want to give it to your listeners because you do such an amazing job of pouring into others that's the least I can do to pour back into your community that you're always helping to stay financially fit. So let's get them mentally fit and financially fit. And so freeplaybook.net, I'm not selling anything. I want everybody to have a copy of the book because those are the six tools that I shared with you that I've shared with everybody that I do my coaching work with, and I know they'll make a difference. I love your mental toughness playbook and I revisit it every year. Uh, I was getting um, some dental work done and I was talking to my dentist. This was literally two weeks ago when I texted you and he said, Hey, I, I know that you work with the NFL. Do you have a recommendation for a good money coach where we could just watch certain money coach? Try that again. Mindset coach. Listen to me. <laughs> uh, do you have a good mindset coach? I'm trying to get my wrestlers to do one extra thing, because if you're 135 pounds and you're up against another 135 pound guy and you both have the same set of skills, it's going to take your mind to beat them, not your body. And I went, mm. oh yeah, I got somebody for you. So I texted you and said, Hey, can I get, can I get that book? Now you guys, I live in Boise, Idaho. I live in a, it's not a big town. It's a small town. Uh, but this high school team is 
really looking at how do I get that edge? How do I find my edge or how do I find that extra thing I can do to get 1% better, which is one of the things that you teach. And so we gave them that mental toughness playbook, but that's high schoolers. Now let's pivot it. I've used this book in business since I met Ben in 2018. And my favorite part of your book is the I am statements. Mm. I love them. Yes, I want to serve first. I want to build professionally. I want to build personally. But you guys, the I am statements are powerful in every aspect of your life, your relationships, your money, your career. Um, if you are having children, how to stay on top of your mental game. They are my favorite part. And Ben told me to do something a long time ago. He said, write them in the notes in your phone. And so I took his mental toughness playbook and I wrote my notes in my phone and I read it every morning before my workout and I follow that routine. And so Ben, I would love for you to share because you helped me establish this, your morning routine. Your morning routine is crazy cool. <laughs> First off, it, I don't know if it's crazy cool or just downright crazy, but uh, I've actually, I've been encouraged by some of my coaches and mentors to start getting a little more sleep because rest is important. So I have, uh, I'm getting an extra hour of sleep these days and now waking up at 3.44 rather than 2.44, which is still uh, kind of crazy. But I found for me that a morning routine is critically important. You know, all of us, we know the little things that we need to do in order to be locked in and focused when our day starts. And when I say focused, I'm talking about intentional focus. Not, I had my coffee, I'm focused, I know I can get my car from point A to point B. I'm talking about the level of intentional focus where you're clear, this is exactly what I need to do today in order to win. I've fed my mind those I am statements or those affirmations so that I'm not just somewhat believing in what I can be. I firmly believe and I'm speaking into existence those I am statements so that you can become the person that you know you're capable of becoming. And I'm not talking about how, how a lot of individuals talk about this woo-woo stuff I'm talking about it's an I am statement. And then in the mental toughness playbook, you back it up by designing exactly what you need to do every day to have the highest probability of making that happen. So yes, yeah, some people say, oh, I don't believe in affirmation statement. You can't just look up at the sky and say it. I agree, you can't do that. But if you do have a clear vision of where you wanna go and then you understand the action steps, which is what I do as part of my morning routine, whether it be my workouts, my putting my head in the Bible, writing out my burn statement, doing all of these things. It's just mentally preparing myself. Just like I know if you're working on your morning routine, when you lock in on yours, you're prepared for the ups and downs. Life is not easy. Success is not easy. But when you mentally prepare yourself, you can take it on. And I, I love hearing that the I am statements made such a profound impact for you. One of my favorite stories of an I am statement in 2012, I started telling myself that I am essentially the performance coach for Alabama football. And, you know, I was working for Alabama football. It was five years later that I got interviewed for the first time at Alabama. I sent a street sign in 2014 that said the best street sweeper in the world lives right here. It was the size of a street sign to get Coach Saban's attention because you can't send him a letter. You got to send him a street sign. He had said it in a press conference. So I said the I am statement. I backed it up with action. They made me wait five years just to get an interview to then have five years 
where I would have an opportunity to win two national championships with Alabama and lifetime relationships, which it's now fun, even before we got on, um, we won't you know mention names, but I'm always like, oh, you're working with this team. Like, did you get to meet so-and-so? Oh, he's one of my favorites. Did you get, and it's just, it's incredible how all of this happens. And so much of it starts with belief. And these days, I feel like, Hillary, people aren't giving themselves permission to believe. And what you did with your I am statements was you gave yourself permission to believe. And now look at the transition that you've made and what you're building and what you continue to build. It's a reflection of believing it, but you putting the action behind it. Well, and you had mentioned, and I completely agree with you, I am statements. If you don't believe you can do something, you'll never do it. That's because it starts here. It starts with you first, but you had uh, mentioned that you have multiple coaches and I know this about you. I know you have your own coaches that help support you. And I had mentors that believed in me because when I started saying I'm going to work with the NFL, I, there were only two people on the planet that actually believed I could do it. Mm. That was my father and my mentor, Douglas Rupp, and who is now one of my business partners. Now that was prior to meeting you, prior to meeting Caleb, I said, no, I'm going to help these guys because one, I can, and I can do it well, but two, I've already proven that I can do it one off. So I'm going to go do this. I had so many people tell me I was reaching, it would never work. So there was a lot of self doubt. And then when I did get my first contract with the dolphins and entered into that space, mind you, it was eight years after my first speaking gig with private sector companies, I was actually working with the prison system and I was helping people coming out of prison. I wasn't working in athletics. Um, so we have similar paths in that, but I said I was going to do it. And I, I was so convinced myself that I was going to, that when it happened, I wasn't really surprised, not because I wasn't humble, but because I knew I needed to get there. I knew I could make a difference. It all started eight years prior with those I am statements without realizing that's what I was doing. So again, guys, mm. mental toughness playbook, there is something to be said about believing in yourself, the conviction of doing the routine every day. And that brings me to Ben's newest. Hold on. I, I, hold on. I've got to do, I know you want to ask me another question and I know you're supposed to be interviewing me, but I love highlighting you, especially when people adapt and actually do what's required. And then they do the unrequired, which you alluded to earlier, that little bit extra to be great. What that leads to is not being seduced by success. And if you pay attention to Hillary's path, you know, a lot of people, they get that one NFL contract and they say, I've made it. When Hillary and Whitney, her dear friend, who I know you guys probably get to hear about all the time on the show, her and Whitney, they're both amazing. They both came to boot camp. We got to have breakfast together at the Super Bowl last year. We did. And both of us were down there working with clients. And I think at the time you were up to like 13 or 14 NFL teams. Do you guys hear what I just said? So it started with one when many people say, I made it. I finally got an NFL team. But you've never been seduced by success. You've continued to attack the opportunity. It led to a second team, a third team, a fourth team, a fifth team. Now being able to choose who and when and the people you want to work with all the way to the amazing work that you're doing with LSU, which you know how I feel about collegiate athletics and the influence we can make with collegiate athletics. And so it's amazing that you have never been seduced by success. You just keep attacking. And so for all your listeners, I don't know if you realize the amazing example Hillary is that, you know, anybody can go read a mental toughness playbook. It's different to put it into action. Anybody can go have success. The hard part is to silence the success, not be seduced by it and say, you know what? This is just an indication to me. It's confirmation that what I'm doing is working. So I'm going to do more of it. 
and I'm going to keep attacking the process. I'm going to keep showing up every day. I'm going to keep working hard, and then it creates more opportunity. So I know this is supposed to be my interview, but I just I love and appreciate how you show up, and I, I can't not share your example because it's such a darn good one. Well, thank you for the flowers. I appreciate that. And I want I want people to realize that when you have someone like Ben in your corner who truly say and say and believe everything that comes out of their mouth, you actually become better. And that's why I love following everything he does, because even if I'm not directly speaking to you, Ben, I'm learning something. I'm reminding myself to attack the process do the extra little bit that's not required or unrequired, all the things that you write about. And you guys, if you haven't read Ben's books, <laughs> go get them all. You'll need every single one of them uh, because they are, each of them addresses a different almost phase in your journey of finding success your way. And the most recent book he wrote is The Standard. And Ben, I, I mean, we have to talk about this for a minute because we talk about routines. We talk about showing up. We talk about not being seduced by success. That all stems from setting a standard. So you wrote the standard. Tell me a little about it. I'm excited to share it with people. Well, when you've been doing this for almost two decades, you realize like, okay, I've been blessed to see some amazing stories and to be part of some amazing stories and to witness firsthand and to learn from some individuals that have set some unbelievable high standards. And I found whether somebody's winning in sports or in business, you don't win by happenstance, you win through your standards. And so I decided the book had not been written. I even remember when I called my ghostwriter, who without Brett Colson, as busy as I am, there's no possible way I would be able to do what I do when it comes to articulating and getting our books out. And I remember I called him and I'm like, the book's the standard. He's like, Ben, that book's been written. And I'm like, no, Brett, like seriously. He's like, there's no way. He's like, let me do my research and I'll call you back. And he called me back and he's like, the book has never been written. I said, I'm telling you. And so, so many individuals, we hear a coach after they win a championship. Oh, how did you, we, it was the standard, but they never really unpack what it means so that we can understand that without standards, we'll never understand our highest level of peak performance. So essentially I've taken two decades of work, all the tools, all the science, all the research, we identify 24 things that the standard is, provide examples throughout the entire book, and then actionable takeaways so that you can lock in more on the never finished, own it mentality through your standards that will drive more consistent performance in your life. I, I loved writing the book. Of all the books I've written, other than the memoir about my mom, Fight the Good Fight in 2008, I, I felt like it was probably the best book that left individuals with a little bit of everything that was needed and gave them the chance to say, okay, I'm going to figure out what my standard is. So I, I appreciate you bringing it up. Well, I read it and I did the action items and now I know my standard. Uh, and when I don't hold myself to it, there's a little bit of guilt because there should be, there should be the moments where we um, fall short of what we know we can do. We need to go back to our standard. And, and I, I loved the book. I'm also somebody who likes to constantly learn as has been. And so if you're always looking for a slight nugget of improvement, it doesn't have to be this grand thing. It can be something simple every day. That is how you improve. Improvement doesn't happen overnight. And I think people see a lot of the success that you've come into, that I've been able to come into. We've earned it. But we've also kept to a standard in order to attain that. And once it's attained, it doesn't just stay with you. 
people think that, well, you've, you've reached success. Like you were saying, don't get seduced by it. We don't always maintain a level of success. We've seen companies come in, they, they do great and then they fail. And that level of success is not upheld. So finding your standard allows you to keep that level of success, which I'm a huge fan of. So you guys, I'll link to the book so you can actually go pick it up on Amazon. Um, Ben, do you have anything you want to, any other books you want to recommend? Cause I know you are a book guru. Like what are you reading right now? Well, so right now I'm actually reading Michael Jordan's book, Driven From Within, which is an amazing book. I think it's like the fourth time that I've read it. It's this hardback, beautiful book that has amazing pieces about his story, but all about Nike and the shoe line. And and it's really almost like a coffee table looking type book, but Driven From Within, it's amazing. And I just always love, when I get a really good book like that, I love going back. I'll typically read that one once a year. There's a Kobe uh, Mamba Mentality one that I read every year as well, because their mindsets were to such a high level. You know, a lot of people don't realize, and I get to study and work with high performers, as do you, that people think that confidence comes from talent. Confidence does not come from talent. Confidence comes from your discipline. And so when you take these rare individuals like the Kobe Bryants and the Michael Jordans who they had the talent, but then they had the unmatched discipline, it's this unbelievable level of confidence where to me, you can't study that mindset enough. You can't get attempt to get inside their heads and everything that they did enough. And, and for me, that's where it's this never finished mindset. It's the constant scrutiny of how we can get better and not being seduced by success. Oh, that's so good. I actually haven't read it. So if that's happening. Um, oh, it, it's, gonna... it is. It's amazing. It's amazing. Oh, of course it is. Cause it's, I mean, Michael Jack, Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, sorry, Michael Jordan. You guys have to forgive me. I am a little tired. We just finished 21 weeks on the road with NFL team. So I'm, and I just got back from LSU for 11 presentations deep <laughs> in two days. So, you know, just mixing up a couple names. Um, if you haven't looked at the success, the stats on him, don't look at, oh, he was the Bulls, oh, he was this. Just go look at his stat sheets because numbers don't lie. And that's where I learned that in my mind, he might be the most disciplined, best statistical basketball player, potentially athlete we've ever seen. Now, everyone's going to argue with me and say Braun's the best. Go look at the numbers because numbers don't lie. So I'm going to go read that book. I'm very interested to see what, what it and, says. And, and let me just let me just say this part because I've, I've got to get this in here. Anybody who's mad that I say that Michael Jordan is the GOAT, just like you just said, like there's nothing wrong with being number two and LeBron, it's okay that you're number two. I love everything LeBron has done with schools and things that he's done off the court. It's amazing. But here's what I'd share with you. When you are that disciplined the way Michael Jordan was, and I would just... Is LeBron disciplined? Absolutely he is, but not the level of mental and physical discipline that Michael Jordan had because Michael Jordan pushed when he didn't want to do it. And there have been times where LeBron has been open that he didn't necessarily push or he would sit out at the end of games during critical times because he just didn't think that they could come back. Michael Jordan had nine chances to win championships. He won a NCAA championship at North Carolina. He won two Olympic gold medals and he was 6-0 and in the NBA Finals and never went to a Game 7. So 9-0 and in championships. So what that shows is when you're willing to do the work and you're not seduced by success and you make everybody around you better, that is how you become the greatest. I agree. And the numbers Just tell in you my everything opinion. you need to Just know. Just in my opinion. 
<laughs> you know what? We're on the same page. And it doesn't discount anything LeBron James has done because Absolutely on and off the not. field, that guy is the definition of more than an athlete. Absolutely. He is, you can put him in the dictionary as more than an athlete and it should, it should be him because he really, he was, he does so many things off the court, but there's just, there's something to be said about Michael Jordan and what he did because it was mind-blowingly incredible. Uh, what we are going to do though, cause you all been as a busy man, we are going to give him one last question, which I like to ask everybody. And it is what's one piece of financial advice you'd give your younger self, whether it's around mindset, around daily routines, around just don't do this as a 20 year old, what would that piece of financial advice be? When I was 23 years old, I had a financial advisor of mine who's a dear friend, even to this day, her name was Kathy Qualley. And Kathy contacted me. I was 23 years old, fresh out of college. I was a paper broker in Chicago. Oh, my God. And she encouraged me to put $112 a month into permanent life insurance with Northwestern Mutual. That $112 is the only place that I've put money every single month without missing a single month since I was 23 years old. And so... And so the reason why I say I'm not I'm not saying and I do believe in putting a lot of money inside of permanent life insurance. I think it's a great tool. But forget the tool. Find a place with no excuses where you can start saving money and do it every month and make sure that number keeps increasing over and over and over again. And when you and this is coming from a former financial advisor, when you make more money put away a certain percentage of that increase before you spend it. Because once you start spending it, the nature of habits, you'll never save it. And one of the greatest things that our family's been able to do is continue to save and save and save and save. Because if you don't save money, you're going to be financially trapped. And for those of you that are just getting started, this is one of the biggest frustrations I have. Take somebody making $50,000 a year, a first job out of college. Their cell phone bill is $200 a month. Their cable bill is $200 a month. Do the math. That right there is 10% of their income. And if we're, and that's like after tax. So that's 10. How can people even save money? And so you have got to find a way to be disciplined and to save money. And I'm so grateful that Kathy Qualley helped me save that $112 a month. Because now we save way more than $112 a month. And it's been a discipline that started somewhere. And sometimes I think people say, oh, I'll save money later. If you don't start the discipline now, you may run out of time. And financially for your future, you cannot run out of time. Exactly. You, she helped you establish a routine and you stayed disciplined in it. Hardest thing to do. Hard, I mean, we're not saying it's easy. And that's where a lot of people fall short on finances is they lack the discipline they, they just don't get, they say motivation. I don't like the word motivation because motivation implies you have a choice. Discipline does not have a choice. You have to show up every That's day. Right. So I love that. Ben, thank you for joining me. You guys, I'm going to link his free playbook. Please go get the mental toughness playbook Buy the standard and read it. It will change how you operate. And I can promise you it will help your financial routines. So Ben, thank you so much for joining me. Hillary, Coach Hill, always great to be with you. You know I appreciate you, and I can't wait to see you soon.